and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey there, and welcome to the special mini-sode finally covering the Below Deck reunion. We had a little bit of a delay because the UK got it a little late, but um, this is a special reunion because Kat and I are also having a reunion and we're in the same room recording. We are in the same room, which is mental considering we're normally on a different continent. So, uh... It feels a bit weird. Am I going to lie? It does feel a little bit weird, but it's nice to like look at you properly, like in the real. Mm-hmm. And I'm making obviously you're in my office. Yes, we've. Uh, I've just spent the last five minutes <laughs> scrubbing up cat sick from the floor <laughs> because I suddenly realised that I'd seen that cat sick there probably two or maybe three days, and uh, and just couldn't bring myself to sort it out. But seeing as I had guests, I thought the least I can do is clean up the cat sick. I appreciate it. Um, don't say I never know. I, I don't, <laughs> don't look after you. I always know I'd show you a good time. It's VIP treatment here <laughs> in the Sims office. <laughs> what can I say? Anything for you. Um, so we're here to do the blow deck reunion. And again, apologies for the delay on this. It's entirely my, well, it's Hey You's fault for not delivering it to the UK as promptly as they did to the US. That's correct. That's very strange. This is the first time we've kind of had this big of a delay because it was by a couple of weeks. It really was. And also, you know, hey, you, we still love you. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, that would be great. Yes. Uh, I don't want to slag you off. Uh, Not at all. But could you be a bit more? Being timely next time would work out for us. That's all I'm saying. Plus a check would be great. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are here to do it. And I think we should jump straight in because this has been, for me, one of the most kind of hotly anticipated reunions that I have seen after this season. Absolutely. And I'm super glad they did one because we have had like seasons of Below Deck with no reunion. But I think because this one was, this season was so volatile, they had to have a reunion to really kind of touch base and really get them all in the same room and talk about the issues that we've all been watching for the entire season. It would have felt like, it would have felt so unfinished if they hadn't sat everybody down. But interestingly, um, Obviously, it was a two-part reunion, which is really unusual for Below Deck. Obviously, they felt that there was loads to be discussed. Um, And really, we didn't really get to the meat and potato of it until the second half. The first half largely just focused on, I guess, most of the boatmances. Yeah, it's like the the fluff part of the reunion, like the fluffer hour to like really heat you up for the second hour. Get us ready. (laughs) Hot, wet, Everyone needs to be all on attention for part two. (laughs) But let's start there. Let's start with the boatmances because that's pretty much where they start. We will, we'll talk about the girls and stuff, but let's start with the boatmances. And first up, I think Let's jump straight in with Courtney and Brian. Courtney and Brian, who was slated to be like the sweetest boatmance until the very last few episodes where it all fell spectacularly apart with the text. I mean, it just unraveled when he started, when he literally, after all that time, he just went, we're just having fun. And and then tries to go, I didn't mean it like that. I'm not being funny, Brian. Like, I get that text can be misinterpreted and when you write it down, it can be read at the other end in a different way with a different overtone. Um, But that was, for me, that was really clear. 
It was ridiculously clear. It was one sentence. It had a question mark. It wasn't like an ellipses. There wasn't like three dots at the end to like let her know maybe he's thinking more. Um, so either he 100% met it the way he texted it or he's a shit writer. He's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but I thought what was interesting is where we saw Courtney at the end, which was kind of obviously quite sad. Um, she, You know, she got her rocks off before she left. Fair dues. Um to now at the reunion where she was taking absolutely no shit. She has blocked him. The impression I get is that he's behaved pretty badly since they've yeah. the boat. I feel like he's been, and I think she said this, like he's been sending her quite harassing messages through all these different platforms. So she's blocked him from everything. She won't return his calls. Like it I sounds think, like he's pushed it over the edge. I think he called her a cold-hearted woman. He did. I mean... I don't know why I ever saw in you. I mean, what an asshole. Just because it didn't work out and just because I think, honestly, it was like a mirror for him and she highlighted a load of really unpleasant things about his behavior, he just lashed out and got nasty. Oh, 100%. Um, But what I loved about Courtney was that out of everybody on that panel, on the reunion, she really stood out to me as just a badass woman. Yeah, who was taking no shit, who didn't get it twisted, she had it straight, and conveyed herself in exactly that manner. Like, she was not going to have it, she wasn't going to back down. She, I found it really interesting when she was talking about watching herself and was like, I could not believe how much, like, I was not acting like myself. Like, I don't take that shit. Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting point, and they make, I think it's, I want to say it's Ashton. Um, oh, no, it's Brian, actually, so that's good. We're staying in the same ballpark. But he says the same thing, that how, like, a lot of the stuff that was, it, he didn't mean it how it was portrayed. And I think what's really interesting is that actually that's how we all feel in real life when we don't when we fuck stuff up. Right. But what we don't get is the benefit of a really clear 2020 hindsight where you get to watch it back. Right. So it's not that it wasn't how it, it didn't happen how it was portrayed. It's just that he had in his mind that it was going someplace, but actually it wasn't, ha- you know. Exactly. It didn't come out how he intended it. Right. But it was still shit. And it's only when you look back on it. If I could look back on half of the shit that I've done, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd probably look back and go, you know what? On reflection, that I probably didn't handle I that I played great. that wrong, right. But I would have to be shown it to get there. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's interesting and it is, an, it is an unrealistic environment when you've got cameras there all the time. Absolutely. And I do wonder if while he was watching the stuff with Courtney was when he started sending her the harassing texts. Like, when those episodes would come out, he would start, like, messaging her, like, no, I meant it this way, or, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. And, like, I it triggered know. some right. shit in him. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think Courtney can do a lot better. There's no doubt there. I think she made the best of what she could while she was on the boat. But um, I just feel sad that it caused her as much heartache as it did at the time. I'm glad that she's over it and done now. Yeah. Um, but it was a very clear at the end of the reunion. It was very clear when Andrew was like, "So are you guys going to hang out?" She's like, "Absolutely not." I mean, it was like I would that rather a ridiculous question, drink Andy. bin juice through the foreskin of a dead donkey than hang out with Brian. <laughs> I mean, I've got a few ex boyfriends that I feel Where's the same way. Dead donkey foreskin just lying around in New York. <laughs> Where's the dead donkey foreskin when you need it? Worryingly, I seem to need that dead donkey foreskin and bin juice a lot more than I'd like. There's too many people hanging around that I could do without. Um, anyway, other boatmances that we had, obviously, were um, Simone and Tanner. 
Simone and Tanner, which I'll have to say, I came away from this reunion which with a much better sense of who Simone is. Mm-hmm. However, I still don't really like her. Yeah, I feel the same. I mean, I, I, I can appreciate that being a woman of color, having to fight your way onto a boat is is putting you in a different headspace. And also I thought it was really, really interesting that she was like, I just don't want to kick off because I don't want to be labeled the angry black woman. Right. And that is... That was huge. That was huge. And it was really interesting to me. And it really made me check myself because I thought, you know, you could stand up for yourself more. Stop being such a, you know, stop kowtowing to the boys all the time. And actually there's a whole ton of shit playing there that I have no fucking clue about. So I had to kind of, you know, reprimand myself a little bit on that. But I still don't like her attitude towards the reality of yachting. No. I don't like the fact that, she, you know, at the end of the day, you're third stew, you have to do the shit jobs. Absolutely. And I mean, I kind of get, like, she wanted to be a little bit more trained on service, but I think Kate fulfilled that for her way more than I've seen on any other shows. Like, now we're watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, and they're not doing that for their third stew. Like, no, imagine I just Jenna think, and Simone. That would be awful. Yeah, I just feel like while there is training that does need to happen, it has to happen organically, and you have to be up for it. And I yeah. think you do have to fight for it. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think Simone was really pushing for it or really even nailing it so that Kate would give her more to do. I feel like we've gone a little bit off we the, have, that's the, fine, the boat Mance's thing, but that's kind of how I feel about Simone. I don't feel like she didn't like nail any of the little pieces of service to be like, I've got this, let's push this forward. Yeah. You gotta nail the small stuff before she's gonna let you fucking serve the whole table. Well, and I think it does tie in because I think a little bit like, you know, with Kate, Simone didn't stand up for herself in the same way she didn't stand up for herself and her own integrity with Tanner as well. She kind of, and I'm, I'm not here to fucking victim blame, right? but you know, if there are wankers that just want to treat women like shit, if you've, you've got to stand up to them and you've got to say, no, it's not okay. Right. And I get that it's not as easy as that, but I feel like this was, this is something that some, I want Simone to work on. Like I want right. her to get her confidence to be able to avoid the confrontation, but still put in boundaries. Right. And, and push and kind of advocate for herself yeah. a little bit more. Like, you know, I do really want to learn this. Like, let me do this small part of it or whatever. And I don't, I feel like she wanted it all or nothing yeah. versus like a slow buildup of your skills. And that's how you get skills. You have to start small and slowly work up to them. And I think Tan, on Tanner's side, he was quiet as a fucking church mouse this yes, reunion. Yes, he like, was. When he was asked a direct question, he answered it in this like really cute Midwestern, Midwestern <laughs> way, like oh, Jiminy Cricket. Um, but he kept his head well below the parapet, yeah. didn't he? I, I wonder if Tanner's mom gave him like a very stern talking to. Tanner's she- mom. <laughs> yeah. Once she saw kind of how he conducted himself. And I don't necessarily know if I fault either Simone or Tanner for like the breakdown of their little boatmans. I think their boatmans played out exactly the way it needed to. Like they both got a little from it and then it ended and it was fine. Like they didn't hate each other at the end. Whereas I think Courtney and Brian, like Courtney definitely hates Brian. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, that's like that's way done. But I Tanner and Simone can still be friends. And I feel like that's the way you play a boatmans. Yeah, I, you I mean, don't make I it that serious. Um, so, and then the only other thing, obviously, is Tanner and Kate. And there was a little bit. Was it just me in trying to remember it? But I don't think it has happened. But I don't think 
it was completely written off, was it? That it wasn't it like if we ever meet up in New York, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if maybe after the reunion they hooked up. I mean, they would only do it if Tanner was really drunk, but obviously Tanner wants to set a sex schedule, so it probably <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Oh, man. Way to sap any kind of sexiness out of sex. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, other than that, the boatmances were kind of, I mean, it was really Courtney and Brian that dominated. Yeah. Um, well, and then the drama around the Simone and Tanner thing kind of was bigger than the actual boatmance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank God it happened, because I think if we just yeah. had a season of pure misogyny and fucking drunken inappropriate sexual advances, it might have all got a little bit too much. 100%. And then there's that one boatman's, um, Abby, with her cat, her Greek captain, who I was really shocked that Abby was even at the reunion. Me I feel too. like m- most people who leave that early on don't come for the end. I don't... I mean, maybe they brought her on just to get, like, a female deckhand point of view. But um, we kind of found out in the reunion that her visa was expiring... Yes. And that's kind of where the marriage stuff came from versus just like this rando marriage proposal out of thin air. Yeah, I mean, obviously that doesn't make quite as shocking television when somebody's like negotiating the ins and outs of their visa contract. You know, mm-hmm. that's not as sexy as, oh, I just got a text message and now I'm going to go get married. Right. So obviously there was a backstory to this. Um, I, You know, we're going to come on to Abby a little bit, but I don't want to talk too much about her while we've got her. I feel a bit like what you say might be right, that actually they brought her on because she was a female deckhand that didn't hate the boys. And maybe it would have been, you know, maybe they wanted to make sure that they had every base covered. Or like every viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Represented so that they couldn't be set, they couldn't be told to be like one-siding it. Right. Maybe that's why she was there because she was really only on the boat for a hot minute. Um, Yeah, I feel like it was maybe one charter. Maybe two? Maybe two, but it certainly two wasn't max. very many. No, yeah. it wasn't very many at all. Not at all. Um, anyway, so Abby is there. She's going to come up a little bit. I think let's move on now to, we're going to try and go through it uh, in a way that makes sense. But obviously, you know what we're like. We just, you know, we just run <laughs> off on a tangent. We do actually have a plan. We do. We've the chance of us sticking to it are slim to none. Um, anyway, I want to talk about Kevin because I thought he was a really interesting character in this whole reunion dynamic. As we said, Tanner set, stayed very quiet. He was less quiet. He was less quiet. And when tackled on his issues kind of one-on-one, for lack of a better term, he was very apologetic and saw how disgruntling his behavior was. Like, he was pretty terrible, especially when he was drunk. Like, There were not good drunken moments for Kevin. There weren't good sober moments for Kevin either. He had a real problem with Kate, real problem with Captain Lee, just kind of had a problem with anyone stepping into his tiny little box of power. Yeah, he had a problem with authority. He had a problem with being told what to do, even when the guests did it, and they're fucking paying thousands of pounds to tell him what to do. So he sucks it up, and he just couldn't do it. And I think it was harder for him with Kate. I do think there's an element of misogyny that played into that with him. Um, And with Captain Lee... I think it was really interesting that a lot of Captain Lee's issues with Kevin came down to this drinking thing. And I think it's really, really important because if you get to a point where you do not remember what happened, then you are unsafe. Yes. Like, you are unsafe to yourself, but you're also unsafe to others. Absolutely. I mean, you're part of the staff of a boat. Like, essentially, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I am, but everybody working the boat is all responsible for the people staying on the boat. So, like, if you are getting blackout, 
you can't be helpful to anybody. No. You're putting yourself in danger. You're putting everybody else at risk. And I think that's something that really needs to be examined. Yeah. Is and the level of drinking. And if your blackout means that you turn into a cunt right. and you start kicking sand in people's faces and getting aggressive with people, then, you know, there's reason 767 maybe why you shouldn't be getting to that stage. Especially if you don't remember it. So therefore you didn't really know what happened until you watched it on TV. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of... a Kevin's apologies came from is he actually didn't remember any of the bullshit that happened while he was drunk until he saw it on television. And how more, I mean, how mortifying would that be? I mean, we've all done mortifying things whilst drunk. I've never assaulted people while I've been drunk. Most of it's just self-humiliation. I did throw a plate at Jimmy once, but I didn't hit him. So I don't know if that It's not domestic abuse. No. It's fine. But um, like thinking back to all of my drunken ridiculousness, having to watch that on television with everybody else would just be horrific. Yeah, I mean, he had nowhere to go with that. No. You know, he had to come out and apologize. But interestingly, we talked a little bit about this in our, in our meeting beforehand. He was really apologetic, said all the right things, owned his shit, um, wasn't comfortable about it, but no. he did it. But when they were attacked, not attacked, but when they were challenged on their shit as a group of right. boys... He came out like guns fighting again. And I just thought, you know what? It undermines everything that you're saying to Kate or to whoever Absolutely. on your own if you're just going to be part of the boy group when it comes to being challenged as a trio. Yeah, I think it's like the group think mentality, right? Like, yeah. you know, I myself am apologetic, but it wasn't us as a whole group or, oh, never mind. Like, what I also, I mean, I would not take his apology seriously if I had been sitting there listening to kind of both Kevins. No, I want Kevin to turn around to Ashton and go, do you know what? I owned my shit. Like, you need to own your shit too. Yeah. Like, I was uncomfortable watching what I did and I and I was uncomfortable watching what you did. Like, but they wouldn't do that. There was, no. they came in, I really felt they came in as like a unit. They'd had a pre-team, a, you know, a pre-game chat. Right. And they were like, this is how we're going to play it. Um, and I think that it just meant that everything just felt a little disingenuous. Yeah, it all felt false. I, I, Ashton's 100%. Kevin's probably about 75%. Brian's, like, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brian, who are you, Brian, right, right now? Like, it just felt like they had this Ashton guy who was leading them all through this pr response. I felt right. like Ashton had got some PR training, some media training. And if he said one more time... I can understand how it would come across that way, but... Yeah. I was like, dude, you have to stop. The only words that you need to be saying are, I fucked up and I'm sorry. Yeah, just put that on loop. And you know what? I fucked up and I'm sorry. And I would have... fucked up and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I would have forgiven you. Absolutely. I would have fucking Owning forgiven Owning it you. is huge with me. I mean, we, you guys who listen to us, we talk about this probably almost every week, but just... Owning it and apologizing for your shitty behavior is what will take you through life. Like, yeah. not... Well, I'm sorry, but this, yeah, you know, but you forced me to do this or whatever. Like your behavior forced me to react this way. It's like, that's not an apology and that's not being an adult. And and you leave me to apologize for my shit in it. Right. Like that's the thing. Don't come to me with, I'm sorry, but you did this. But you need to apologize for You apologize for for your shit. I'll apologize for my shit. And the two shouldn't be reliant on each other. No. But if somebody gives me a genuine apology, I'm done. Yeah. Because it takes a special kind of idiot, like a really <laughs> unkind twat, who gets a genuine apology from somebody and goes, yeah, yeah no, fuck it's, you. Like, it's not good enough. Like, no. what else do you want from yeah, them? They yeah. have said they are sorry. Right. That's all, all can you can do. do. Exactly. Um, and, and Ashton just hasn't figured that out. Um, no. And I think, interestingly, the second 
episode of the reunion seemed to be like they pigeonholed that to talk largely about Ashton, Smashton, the misogyny, the boys right. versus girls, the big fucking issues that we all wanted to talk about. Well, and part of part of the Ashton stuff was kind of let in at the beginning of the first one too, and they didn't really tackle it tackle it on the reunion, but like the balls on Ashton to turn to Captain Lee and Kate and question their experience on working on real boats, like not on the show. And Lee's like, yeah, I, I do this job all year. Like you see just this part of it. I'm on many different boats. Like I work for a yachting company. It's how I got this job. And Kate was like, yeah, maybe I don't do as much as I used to, but, but I've done I have my time. worked other boats. And I felt like, I mean, Ashton is not that, seasoned. And I feel like for him to be questioning seasoned people's kind of opinions and thoughts, it's just fucking bullshit. I mean, whoever he paid for that fucking media training did not come off. And and the thing, this is the thing with media training. It's all ass backwards anyway, because if you have to be media trained to be genuine, it just doesn't come across. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You can't have media training to come off as yourself. Yes. If somebody has to teach you how to not be a cunt... With a camera You're just on you. a cunt. You're probably just a cunt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it yeah. all feels a bit je- disingenuous. And so every word he said, and I know he got teary-eyed, and I don't for a second think he isn't sorry for the way it right. played out. What I don't believe is that he fully understands what he is apolog- or what he no. needs to apologize for. Absolutely. And I think it comes down to this idea of, I never meant anything like that. It wasn't intended to be like that. It doesn't matter what you intend. If you, like when he's talking about having a snog with Kate and he'd had a conversation, what we didn't see was they'd had a conversation before and there'd been a vibe. And so he thought that he could, you know, going in for a kiss wasn't off the cards. It's like, the thing is, it's not really about what you think. It's about what Kate feels when you do that to her. And also, how hard is it? To just say, do you mind if I kiss you? It's like, pretty much the sexiest thing that you can the do. Sec- like, even me saying it then yeah. gives me fizzy knickers. Right. I'm like, oh, I can just imagine a guy saying that to me. Like, that would be sexy. So there you get consent and sexy feelings all in one. Like, that's Easy. how you need to do it. Basically, they'll marry you. They'll give you a blowjob <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> once they've asked if they can. Obviously. Right, right. But, you know, even if a girl's lying ass bollock naked on the bed, you still probably want to say... Can I kiss you? Yeah. Can I give you an orgasm? Oh. May I give you an orgasm? Even better. If, if, can I put my penis in your vagina? Can I go down and uh, go down on yeah. you for the next half hour? Ba- Set up camp. Live there. Make yourself at home. <laughs> but just ask the fucking question. Yeah. It, and it covers your consensual like obligation as the aggressor of the action. I don't even give a shit if you get your phone out and record it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking care. If that's where we are, if that's what it takes. Yeah. She said yes. She said I've yes. I've got here a you verbal go. recording. This, I asked the question. Exactly. And she said, she said yes. So yeah. I, I'm fine with that. It's the consent that's more important to me. Yes. Um, and you can make consent sexy. Consent is sexy. Consent, there's, there's the hashtag. <laughs> consent is sexy. That's what we're calling it. Yes. That's what we're calling this episode. Consent is sexy. Um, and I think that is what fundamentally Ashton still fails to understand. Yeah. I I don't think any I don't think any of the dudes really actually get it. Like because all they do are talking about how things were perceived. 
how they weren't conveying what they really meant. And it's like, well, we don't really care. Yeah. Like, it's about how you t- spoke to other people. It's about how those people felt you spoke to them. It's how those meanings came to those people. Yeah. Your if, feelings have nothing to fucking do with it. If you didn't mean to portray it like that, then your delivery sucked. Yes. Therefore, go and work on your delivery. Accept that your delivery sucked, apologize, and do better next time. Yeah. That's all you have to do. And it's not just, I mean, I wouldn't even put it on just the dudes. I mean, I think Riley has definitely said, you know, she did not come across the way she thought she should. She's working on that. Yeah. So it's a good lesson for everybody, but this show in particular. Yeah, and, and I think, interestingly, Ashton says that he's not drinking at the moment. Right. And again, another one, a bit like Kevin, who I think could take a leaf out of the same book, rather than say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have the sixth drink. You douchebag. Maybe I shouldn't drink that bottle of... Whatever. Bangkok vodka. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ashton seems to have decided that drinking is not a good look on him. Which we've, is great. We've probably been telling you that since the first episode that we uh-huh. watched and reviewed. I mean, yeah. It, it is... I mean, it does blow my mind that he has to watch a television show of himself being drunk to realize that he's not a great drunk. Like, if There's your n- drinking is causing that much conflict... There's a fucking problem. Yeah, well, you obviously have no self-awareness. If you have to watch it on TV to realize that you have a problem, you've done no self-reflection those mornings that you woke up and couldn't remember what the fuck happened. Yeah. I mean, normal people are like, oh, fuck, like, maybe I should tone it down a bit if I'm consistently waking up with no memories. Yeah. I don't know. No, I I agree. And, And I just think he needs to take way more responsibility. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe he's still too young. I don't know. It's, that just doesn't seem like a good enough excuse. But um, but maybe it's a process for him. And interestingly, Ch- Kate challenged him when he did apologize to her. And she said, I really appreciate the apology, but I don't know how much I believe it because I've seen the post-show interviews that you did where you were really doubling down on what you've done. Yeah. And he, to give him credit, acknowledged. And he said, look, it's a process. And at that point, I was still very close and I got defensive. Now I've had time to think about it. And I've come to the, that I do need to own that stuff. Um, I just think maybe that's it. Maybe he's on a journey. Right. He's not quite there yet. And maybe if he comes back, we'll see a brand new Ashton. Yeah. I don't think we'll see him come back to below deck proper. Like maybe, maybe he'll go and be a bosun for Captain Sandy because I think Lee has unequivocally said like he does not want to work with him again. Yeah, maybe. Like it was so horrific. And I think if Bravo is going to pick anybody, it's going to be Captain Lee over Ashton. I mean, there are loads of bosuns out there to kind of fill that role, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it'll be a huge mix up in the next season. We'll see them back together and see a self-actualized, sensitive, hardworking Ashton. Woke. Yeah, a woke Ashton. Just a touch of wokeness would be great. Just the tip of the woke. Just the tip of the, the glossy tip of the woke. Um, And then I think one of the final things we definitely need to talk about is Riley and that, that dynamic with her and Ashton, because I think Captain Lee made a really good point about how he didn't, Ashton didn't just not give her a chance, but he set her up to fail. Like he right 100% off the did. Bat, he biased the boys against her before she'd even stepped foot on the boat. Yeah, he 100% did. He took them aside, talked about how he had so much, so many problems with her last season. Those guys were going to do nothing but haze her and be dicks. Yeah, and they took his lead, and he became this sort of alpha dog. Um, 
And interestingly, there was some talk about unseen footage of him shouting at Tanner, of him shouting at Ashton that didn't get shown, which I thought was quite interesting. interesting. And it wasn't denied. So I wonder if they avoided showing that because it took away from the polarity of the boys and the girls a little bit. Maybe. Um, But even so, no matter who he's screaming at or reprimanding... The way he treated Riley wasn't okay. Absolutely, because we saw him shout at Brian, and it was not done in the same way. It was not condescending. It was not emotional. Like, it was a pretty factual, like, telling off. Yeah. That's not what he did with Riley. Like, he made it emotional. He made it all about her. He didn't make it about her job. Because I think in all instances, she was doing her job well. 100% she was doing her job. And the problem is, is that he, without doubt, handled it badly. He, without doubt was prejudiced towards her, but her reactions undermined her, the support right. for her. Because so many times when we put on social media, you know, Team Ashton, Team Riley, I, I get loads of women saying Team Ashton. Right. And I can only assume that that's because her reactions just undermine her cause. Well, they were so explosive. I mean, and, you know, I think that's a lesson we can all kind of take. Like, you can't... Do you can't do well to promote your cause when you're that explosive and kind of defensive and about emotional. it and emo- yeah, emotional about it. <laughs> Hysterical. Um, yeah. You you do have to kind of rein it in a bit and be a little bit more direct about what your message is because I think with Riley it was just a bunch of reactionary shit. Like she knew the root cause but wasn't verbalizing the root cause. She was yeah. just being reactionary to the emotion coming at her. Whereas I think if she could be like, hey, this I think is a problem. The way we communicate is a problem. Could we try, you know, just yeah. could we try to make it better? And I think on both sides, like the emotions were too high to ever really sit down and have a proper chat yeah. about it. And you, there are those people, and I think there is an element of this, there are those people that, for whatever reason, you just don't gel. Yeah. You just don't like each other. And I think there is an element of that with Riley and Ashton. Where, where that stems from, we can talk about forever, but essentially, if that's the case, then that's when Ashton, as her head of department, has to put the personal shit aside. Totally. And keep it professional. And that's what he struggled to do. And again... If that had been the only thing he got wrong, I can forgive him for that because you don't 100%. become a great leader and a great bosun the first season no. you do it. You have to learn some shit. Right. Um, I mean, I think Captain Lee said himself, like, you don't learn shit in calm seas. Yeah. Like, it has to be rocky. It sometimes has to be very embarrassing. But those are the ways you're really going to learn, like, how to be a manager. I mean, I think he said it on this episode when they talked about like firing Riley and he was like no like you need to learn how to manage her and I mean didn't say that but in yeah, those, that was his thought process was that you need to learn how to manage these hard issues you can't just fucking throw a tantrum and kick them off like no, you don't just get to fire everybody no. who's difficult you have to give them you know you have to figure out a different way around it um and even in the reunion, I don't think Riley did herself any favors. No. Like, the same with Kate, though, as well. Like, they're both just a little bit smug at times. And I think, and I feel like Kate came Kate in. Kate has a game face, man. Man, she came in with her game face on. <laughs> yeah. She came in, like, sweet game face. Like, I am just going to say. Oh, listen. never mind. Never okay. Mind. Thank you so much for your apology. Much appreciated. <laughs> also, Kate, I love you, but I didn't love your dress on this no. one. No. I don't like neck things. I didn't things. like the neck thing. I felt no. like it didn't. Anyway, yeah. Um, sorry, I digress. <laughs> fashion corner. I digress. Yeah, um, and I felt like she came in with that game, 
and largely kind of kept it up. There were occasional snide comments that are of the Kate that we know and yeah. love. But essentially, she sort of was like, I'm here to let them hang themselves. Right. Was her game plan. Riley was just like... Fuck it all. Yeah. Burn snide, it to the ground. Snide, sarcastic, <laughs> every jibe. Because she was like, oh, we've got them over a barrel. Like, there's no yeah, doubt. Yeah. So I'm just going to go in hard. But it didn't do her any favours. Whereas no. Courtney, very measured, super smart... Her responses were uh, were intelligent. They yeah. weren't emotional. They weren't reactionary. No. Apart from when she's like, like never in a million years yeah. um, with Brian. But I, I just want Riley to work on that because I think she'd be an absolute badass yeah, if she could 100%. get that shit together. Because she's got the work down. Like, she works her ass off. She can do the job, but she needs to... And I and part of me wonders, like, so she's a, she's a captain of a fishing boat in Alaska. So I wonder if she's just used to being like the be all end all chat. So like, I think once you're used to being the boss, it must be incredibly hard to become a third deckhand. Yeah. Like, but I think, yeah, I mean, just that shift. I, I totally agree, but this is not her first rodeo no. and she's earning a shit ton of money. She's earning the right. same tips as the bosun. <laughs> so like, I think you can get on board with it. Yeah, Frankly, yeah. if I was being a yachty, I'd be like, I want to be third stew. I'm happy in the laundry. Just Give Send me, me to the laundry. laundry, 100%. I'll just stay there. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'll just be on the Wi-Fi. I'll watch reality TV <laughs> while I'm on reality TV being a third student. Right. Um, it is kind of my dream to or be Or listen to podcasts. I'd probably, like, listen to podcasts and just iron. Iron the shit out of shit. Do stuff. the laundry. Just keep Put ironing. things away. I'd, I'd be happy. That's stay it. out with that. Yeah, I don't think I'd want, like, a high responsibility role on these boats. Why would I want to be running around cleaning a whole boat exterior or, like, serving obnoxious people food, making no. fucking beds, if I could earn the same money just ironing in one place. Or, and making the beds. Because, like, typically the third stew just did, like, the ironing and making the beds. Like, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll take my tip for that. Why do you want to serve so bad? You make the same amount of money. Yeah, exactly. No brainer. Anyway, that is, um, that's our season. I think yeah. we left it very much uh, with... Kate is gone. Kate is gone. I think. Do you think she's going to be a housewife? I think she could be a housewife. I don't think she'll be on this season of New York. It'll probably be like the next season of New York. Maybe she's going to be a friend. But or maybe something. she'll be a friend. But I think, or they're working on something else to do with her. Yeah, there's something very. Yeah. There's definitely something happening. Yeah, think, Andy's not letting go of Kate Chastain. No, no, no. She's she, she's too bad. She's and, gold. But having said that, a lot of these golden people are getting knocked. But I I do think you're right. I yeah. think she's going to. This, we've not seen the last of Kate. No. Um, I think we are going to see Captain Lee again. Totally. Um, and I think we'll see a different Captain Lee. He did say, I am definitely going to change how I manage my myself and my staff on the boat. Absolutely. I mean, you and I were talking about it in the meeting beforehand. Like, he needs to kind of get out of the captain pod, drinking yeah. his coffee, and just put an eye, because you could have obviously seen what was going on. Yeah, because he always starts his famous line with, you know, I don't do babysitting. Right. Well, that's great, and it's a great little catchy you know, pithy logo, but actually maybe you do need to be a little bit more hands-on. Well, it's just like you with your own kids, right? Like you don't micromanage your kids all day long. You don't have an eye on them all day long. But when you hear, you know, knocking around in the living room, you go put your eye on them to make sure they're not breaking shit. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Or that they're not dead. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. I mean, it probably That's be bad like, parenting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, so listen, we are still obviously doing Below Deck Sailing Yacht, so we are not away from the Below Deck franchise, thank God, because it's one of my favorite discoveries of the last year. And Below Deck Med will be starting up 
in the next few months as well. Oh, bring I think those, that's a summer show. So bring think, on those crazy yeah. kids. I love me a bit of Sandy. I know. Captain Sandy. I, I always hold out for Ben to come back. I love I love Ben as a chef on the boats. I love him so much, but not as much as Jay Cutler from Very Cavallari. He's, he's, he has supplanted Ben as my go-to prime reality TV shag. Excellent. All uh, right, so that's it for the Below Deck reunion. Hope you guys enjoyed the mini-sode, um, and we will be chatting to you on Friday again. Yeah, we will. Watch out for the next episode, and we'll see you soon. In the meantime, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. 100%. Bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.